My name is Susie. I have three children, the youngest of whom struggles with anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation. I never thought this could happen to me, and I miss the signs. Being a parent is really hard, but I'm here to help. I'm talking to other parents and experts to help you with the struggles that your kids may face. I want you to know that you are not alone and there is hope. I'm not a physician, therapist, or counselor. I'm just a mom. I want to see you smile again, take away that pain in them clouds that keep covering up the sun. This episode of the Just a Mom podcast is the second in a two-part series with Christina Miller. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, which was episode one, go back and listen to it before you start this one. Thanks again for listening to the Just a Mom podcast. Now here's the rest of my conversation with Christina Miller. I can recall the feelings of when he called me, of being in the doctor, of seeing all of it. I can recall all of it as if it were yesterday and and I could immediately be transported back in time and in feeling uh, and thought because that's how rough it is. It's not just the person who's depressed. It affects everybody close to them. Yes. And you wrote something about feeling like you couldn't breathe. Yep. And you're the first person that I've talked to who has said that other than myself, that I felt Mm -hmm. like at points I just couldn't even breathe. Mm -hmm. And I guess unless you've experienced that, it's really hard to explain to someone else. But it is. It feels like um, you're constantly thinking and worried and, and planning and trying to figure out and it's nonstop. Go, 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 go. And it wasn't for many months, maybe six months that I finally sat back and I felt like I, I finally exhaled and then took a deep breath. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't, I feel like I haven't taken a breath in six months because you're not even thinking about it. You're thinking about everything else. Um, so yeah, it absolutely felt like my my chest, everything was just constricted, and I was not taking a deep breath and, until many months later. Yes, for months you were trying to keep him alive. Yeah, alive, and and then again, it turned into everybody asking him when he's going to get back on the field, myself included, mm. uh, because we hadn't yet talked about the severity of of everything, uh, and and that it was you know is it related in some way to football or, you know, what, what, what is the issue here? Um, and that was causing more stress. So now you have all these reporters. Now here comes, you know, the non-private life Mm. and, you know, many will say, well, that's what he signed up for. Well, yes, but what he signed up for was to play football at a school and get a degree. Um, not all the extra stuff that people think aren't, they're entitled to, uh, by being a fan. Mm. And, um, yeah, he, um, we did not know. And, and at this point, you know, that leads to later on a discussion that we had where I thought things were getting better. And then at Christmas of that year, we had a huge, 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 huge fight, which is very unlike us. Um, 
and he said some very, very hurtful things. Um, and it ended with that he wasn't going to come home for Christmas. And I was like, that's not acceptable. Uh, not because I want to see you and because it's Christmas, but because I know from everything that I've read that if you're home alone on a major holiday, that that is a huge red flag and I that can't happen. So, no, that's non-negotiable. I said, you know, you can come home. Uh, we arranged a beach trip, actually, the first time we were like doing a, a destination holiday um, because the kids were older and we thought, you know, it would be something nice to do. I said, we're not going to talk about it. I said, I promise you, just come home. We will not talk about football. We will not talk about depression. We will not talk about school. We will not talk about, we will just be together as a family, enjoy this time, celebrate Christmas together, um, and just have fun. So he came home. It was a spectacular Christmas, probably one of our best. Um, and when he left, uh, we said, okay, well, we have not gotten anywhere. Um, and there are some really important things that we need to discuss. And I think you know that. Uh, we kept our word by not talking about it while you were here. But Dad and I are going to come up and we want to have a conversation with you uh, in about a week or two. Once you get back, get settled. And I said, okay. And that's what we did. So um, in January uh, 22, uh, we went up. And at this point, you know, everybody's still speculating what's going on with Harry Miller. And fortunately, he, I don't know if it's fortunate or not, but he had a knee injury. Or injury. He tore his MCL, so he couldn't play um, and was having a lot of stable uh stabilization issues and his knee was buckling on the line. And, um, so he was taking, he was removed, you know, from playing, which was a blessing actually, because it, you know, he was trying to force himself to be out there when he wasn't ready to be there. And, you know, just, so we had that. Um, but now fast forward to January and we're going to come up with spring training and the spring game and Harry's not going to be there. So, how are we going to address this? So my husband and I go up in January and we said, okay, you know, what, what is going on? Like we, we need to talk, um, things by now should have improved drastically and they haven't. In fact, they, they have gotten worse, um, in terms of what happened in December. And he said, I'm faking it. And I said, what? I said, I'm faking it. I said, what are you faking? He said, well, um, I said, are you taking your medicine? He said, no. I said, do the doctors know that? And he said, no. I said, well, when did you stop? He said, soon after I started because I didn't like the way it made me feel again. And I said, okay. Um, I said, well, what are you faking? He's like, well, everybody just keeps asking when I'm going to be out there. You keep asking, dad asks, the coaches ask, the trainers ask, uh, you know, everybody's asking me when I'm going to be back on the field. So I'm just going to go back on the field and do what everybody wants me to do and what everybody expects from me. And I was like, that's not going to work. Um, in the meantime, I had found a bloody box cutter and had learned that he had been cutting himself and, and actually made an attempt or came close to an attempt. Uh, where he thought he he had 
cut his throat too deeply. Um, and uh, I said, Harry, you are not going to survive. You will not make it if you try to fake it. And he started to cry and he said, I will not, I won't, I won't be here. And I said, then, then you need to stop. And that's all there is to it. And as soon as we gave him that verbal permission, as if we, if it, as if it wasn't there all along, of course it was, but he never came out and said, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, but as soon as we talked about it, and uh, and he knew that we supported the decision that he made and that we weren't in it um, for our son to be a famous football player, which in the back of his mind was a concern, uh, believe it or not. Um, he was immediately relieved and it made it, it up from there. Uh, once we removed that pressure and, and absolutely unequivocally said, we support your decision the improvement started at that point. Wow. Did he ever start taking the medication then? Or was was it enough to have the pressure removed that he didn't feel uh, oh, like he, he needed to take attained, it? Um, his therapy. He was going twice a week. Um, and he did some in very intensive therapy as well. Um, and he did not uh, resume the medication. Um and, you know, that is not something that, you know, probably, uh, I don't know that I feel comfortable saying that to other people because I don't want them to say, well, Harry, stop taking medicine. You know, you have to be very careful what you say um, because the best course is not always the best course for somebody else. Right. He was able to manage his anxiety and depression by working through cognitive behavior and, and stomping out negative thoughts and learning how to deal with it or uh, redirect or um, do what he needs to do to stay healthy. Uh, mm -hmm. So in that regard, you know, I feel very lucky. Very fortunate. He made his public announcement um, in March of 2022. I've read it. It's out there for anybody to read. I'll probably link link it in the show notes for people to read. Um, once he made that announcement, what was the immediate feedback or feelings that you got from people? Um, so he he wrote his statement, um, which was a kinder, gentler version than the original. <laughs> But I said, you absolutely cannot post this. <laughs> um, he made his statement. Again, we supported him. Uh, in fact, it was kind of a, our idea as a group. Uh, when I say group, I said our family. Um, because I asked him, I said, you know what? The spring game's coming. And do you want to drive the narrative or do you want everybody else to drive it? You want people to say that you sold secrets to reporters, that you had a botched surgery, that you had failing grades, that you had discipline problems and were kicked off the team or like there were so many ridiculous stories going around that it was mm. laughable, but also infuriating. Like people sure. will just take anything 
and run with it. And uh, there was even an instance where um, I had confided in somebody who I didn't know well, but uh, from my hometown and I thought they were trustworthy and I didn't fortunately give them any details. Uh, and I just said, I'm still in Ohio with Harry um, and we could use your prayers. Uh, and this person proceeded to go directly to a sports blog and say, I just talked to the mom and this is what she said. And I was like, oh, my. Oh. I, I, oh. And the, the, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the the so, betrayal. What? Yeah. I, I, the I betrayal. And I was like, thank God I didn't say anything more than what I did. Um, so I learned at that point, I'm like, all right, this is, you know, just us. And but you can control the narrative. You can, you know, tell people how what you want um and that's what he did and so we were proud of it and the response was overwhelmingly positive i was petrified for him to do it to be honest because he'd already been uh you know taken so much ugliness from strangers um and even some media people who were making up their own stories you know i don't know where they get this information some from sometimes it's it gets ridiculous but um he did, and it was met overwhelmingly with positive reaction, whether it was from teammates or fans or the school or uh, people that we knew that all of a sudden were like, oh, my God, this is what you've been going through for the past year and a half. Well, mm -hmm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> hell, is. <laughs> been hell. And, you know, and uh, they're like, oh, OK, I get it now. I get why <laughs> I get why you have been kind of absent and busy and. Uh, preoccupied and in Ohio and um, overwhelmingly pres uh, positive. And of course, you know, days after uh, our plan was for him to drop that and then go on his mission trip and get out of the country for a, for a little bit and turn off his phone. So that's what he did. But when he turned on his phone, because I honestly, I didn't know if it was going to be more negative stuff. Um, but when he turned on his phone, the Today Show was calling and they're like, will you come on the show? So he calls from Nicaragua. He's like, Mom, um, they want me to do the Today Show. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> OK. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, and he's so articulate and he's so smart and he's so good at expressing his thoughts and feelings um, that I said, absolutely. You know, if you're up to it and you want to do it, do it. Go for it. Uh, and it started the ball rolling into this new stage he's on being an advocate um mm -hmm. and he likes that he, he likes yeah. being able to speak to people to help people um he wants to do that really full-time um so yeah it's been a positive experience uh after that i saw that today show i watched the today show almost every morning and that was the first i heard of your story subsequently many of my friends sent it to me as well. They're like, oh, you got to talk to this kid. You got to talk to this kid. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I really want to talk to his mom <laughs> because that's, you know, part of my mission here is I don't want people to feel alone. And as you were talking about that year and a half period, the one time you tried to just give a little tiny nugget to somebody and then they turned and betrayed you you must have felt so 
alone. Yes, I did. I, I obviously had uh, my close immediate family, my sisters, um, my mother, my best friend. Um, you know, we were talking about it. They were my support. But outside of that, we did not talk about it. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's hard to talk about. Um, you don't know how other people will react. And, and honestly, a lot of people are still in the mindset, well, just shake it off or, oh, these weak kids or uh, kids these days are, you know, and I didn't want to hear any of that. Uh, you know, I, I just needed safe people who I know were going to support us. And, um, and that's what we stuck with, you know, at that time, it, you know, and then when everything comes out now, I have literally thousands and thousands of parents reaching out through direct message through the various platforms and me too, me too, me too, my son, my daughter. Um, uh, unfortunately some that, you know, lost their kids, some that lost their husbands, you know, CPAs, lawyers who in the same boat, you know, having the pressure of supporting the family, but realizing they're miserable at what they're doing and not feeling they could walk away from it because they have so much riding on it. And, and, you know, all walks of life. We're not just talking about student athletes. We're talking about anybody who's under pressure, uh, maybe not doing the things that they want to do or feeling like they're accepted for who they are or what they're doing or whatever the case may be. There are so many people out there in the same, with the same feelings in different circumstances um, that I decided to support, uh, start my own support group. And uh, so we call it mental moms. And it was for our area because I had so many people that I knew in the Buford area that were reaching out that hadn't ever reached out before. But now that they knew that they could talk to me safely, they were, and they were coming out of the woodwork. So now we meet on the second Wednesday of, of every month in the evening and you know, sometimes it's fun. Uh, you know, we do fun things like go to Top Golf, and we just talk to other moms who are in the same boat, who know they're not alone, who are free to vent and talk and, you know, say what's on their mind or say, you know, I've, we really had a, a not so great week. Um, this is what's going on. And, you know, and fortunately, everybody is in a different area or a different timeline or calendar. So some people are you know, having good days and things are good and they're there for the support. And then the next time you go, they may be having a bad day and somebody else. So there's always, you know, having the group together is just really great way to offer support. Uh, you know, it's not a licensed thing. It's just really about a support group. We brought in a, a speaker from NAMI um, last month um, and she was fantastic and so informative. And, and so many of the parents asked great questions and, and, you know, didn't never realized. And then, and then there's also, you know, we talked about, you know, if, I, if Harry had had cancer, I'd be getting casseroles on my doorstep. I'd, people I would be the same thing. Yeah, people would be breaking down our door to offer help or whatever. And that does not happen when you're talking about this kind of illness. And it is an illness and it's a life threatening yes. illness. Um, yes. But people run and scatter partly because they don't understand it and partly because they're afraid of it. Yeah. Uh, I say all the time, I don't care what kind of family you have. Um, everybody is affected by this problem, by mental health, 
whether it's directly in your family or once removed, everybody is affected by this. Everybody knows somebody directly or indirectly that is struggling with mental health. So everybody needs to be well-versed on spotting the signs, knowing how to help. um, And particularly for our young people who I think are under the most pressure uh, than anybody these days. I agree. And I have said that exact thing about a casserole. Like, yes, if my kid had surgery or cancer or any other illness, fill in the blank. I, you know, there'd be a meal train set up and people would be bringing casseroles. And I applaud your efforts to start a support group. And I, I think that's wonderful. And I have no doubt that the people who are involved in that, it's, it's a huge thing for them just to be able, like you said, to come and talk to people who understand mm-hmm. what it's like from, from a mom or a parent perspective who's had a child who's struggled you don't have to start at the beginning and you don't have to, you know, field the questions, the ignorant questions like, well, what did you do wrong? Or, you know, things like that, that I'm sure you've never heard before, Christina, <laughs> like I have. <laughs> or how does this happen to a family like yours? Or Harry had everything. What happened? Can you know, he I'm sure you, out of it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure no, you've you, never heard any of that. So. No, you can't, yeah, you can't just, <laughs> it. um, it's nothing that anybody did. Um, often the mom takes the brunt of the anger, uh, probably because they are the caregiver typically, um, and at home. Um, but so when you tell that to other moms, when they come in, in tears and they're like, my son hates me. No, he doesn't. I promise you. No, he does not. Um, you are the safest person that he could say absolutely anything to, and he knows you're not going to leave. And, and, you know, that is what somebody said to me when we had that huge fight back in December, I I was, it it was awful. It was just awful. And I, I talked to my best friend and she's like, Chris, he's, he's saying that to you because he can, he knows he can, he doesn't mean those things. Um, but he knows you're not going to go anywhere. And, and of course she's right. Um, and so I have used that line on other moms and it makes a huge difference when every mom in the room is saying the same exact thing, you know, this, this is part of it and it sucks and I'm sorry. Um, but that's why you're here Mm -hmm. to support each other. Mm -hmm. I love that. You guys, you and Harry have started a nonprofit as well working on it yep you're working on it okay so weird is in the process um just became incorporated uh um you know i'm doing it all by myself so i don't really know the ins and outs of of what we're doing and um and and honestly i don't know what we're going to do with it um you know in the past he sold the apparel and he raised money and it was given to the ryan and nina day resilience fund um so with with the apparel clothes and and We'd like to continue to do that. So we put apparel on the, the website. So, that, you know, a portion of all those sales, any profit that comes out of it um, is going to go to uh, some kind of mental health um, awareness, uh, whether it's Holinsky's Hope or Morgan's Message or Ryan and Nina Day Resilience or NAMI or 
you know, I, I don't feel like we need to reinvent the mm-hmm. wheel. I think there are really great things going on right now. I think the Holinskys uh, and the tragedy that they faced losing their son and everything that they're doing um, to promote uh, mental wellness and and mental health awareness among all student athletes, not just football players, is extraordinary. So I would like to support them more. Um, I'd like to support more programs and, and legislation and whatever we can do. Harry's working on that as well. He's going, he's been in DC uh, meeting with senators with um, Colton Underwood to talk about um, the teams act to make sure that there is mental health available uh, for student athletes. Um, So he's passionate about doing that and keeping the conversation going and, and making changes uh, to make sure that everybody gets the help that they need. That's amazing. And I'm going to put uh, DMIW, Don't Make It Weird, which is your organization. I will make sure and put that in the show notes, as well as the other organizations that you referenced, so that if if listeners are interested, they can check those out, because all all of these organizations are doing really great work in the mental health arena. Yeah. And I, I like how you said, you know, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. So how can we come alongside or partner with some of the existing organizations to, you know, to help make a difference in the mental health world? Oh, I think, um, unlike perhaps other, other, uh, I don't know what to call it. Uh, other things. I, I find that people who are working on mental health awareness, um, have no issue in trying to combine their efforts. Um, this this issue is too important and too big for any one small group to tackle. Yep. Uh, so, um, you know, I met with a young lady who just graduated from um, uh, school. She is a psychologist and just starting out and really trying to get her foot in the door with more um, being on it involved with the sports team, a college sports team. Uh, and she, and that's the area of her expertise. And, and she started sack, uh, sack the stigma. Um, and you know, for that reason, you know, she just wants to keep, uh, the awareness going and have keeping these conversations going. And, um, there's just, and, and she pointed out, she's like, you know, none of us are, are wanting to, um, take the limelight so to speak, as, as if anybody would want to, but uh, everybody wants to help each other just keep this conversation going. So whatever yeah. it takes um, is what we'll do. And I know, you know, I don't know what, what direction Don't Make It Weird is going to go into, um, but uh, it can only, it, it's going to be used to help. Whatever, however that happens or wherever, you know, um, we fit in and whatever role we can use to support programs, that's what we're going to do. I was just at a fundraiser here in Kansas City where I live Monday night, so a few nights ago, and the co-founder of this foundation said the exact same thing that you just said about how we just lock arms in this mental health community. You know, each organization, you know, is trying to vie for some of this money, but we don't care. None of us care where you where you want to put it. We work together. These organizations work together because this is too big of an issue. Mm-hmm. And you said that so beautifully. Yeah, too big who gets the credit. Let's just yep. let's just help each other. Exactly. Uh, 
It's, it's not about credit. It's about saving lives. That's right. That's exactly right. You mentioned earlier that Harry is in Europe right mm-hmm. now in summertime. Tell us what he's doing in Europe. Um, he is just traveling around. He, he's a, a man of culture. Um, he he loves learning about new cultures and um He's traveling uh, with his girlfriend, who is from Europe, and she speaks multiple languages, so that's very helpful. Um, She's a fantastic young lady, and he's meeting another friend there, and and they're just going to, you know, make their way through. They they started in Belgium, and they're in Spain now, and they're going to go to France and Italy and Germany and and just see as much as they can uh, until the middle of July. So, um, actually, yesterday... From Spain, he um, did his interview with Ohio State for the Rhodes and Marshall Scholarships. So um, the first part of his journey towards those scholarships are um, getting the bid from Ohio State. So um, he, we're hopeful and prayerful about that um, for him. would be amazing. Um, he hopes to continue on with uh, a master's degree in literature and the history of war, I believe, were the two subjects that he wanted to study at Oxford. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. So, yeah, that is the current goal. He's obviously a very, very smart young man and loves to learn. He loves learning. Yes, he's insatiable mm-hmm. when it comes to learning. He's, I mean... A different book every week, um, and he he loves to learn. Loves wow. it. And he has what one more semester of college left? Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, he'll graduate December twenty three. Okay. That's on track. He never took any time off. Um, that's just the way the engineering mm-hmm. calendar rolls. Yeah. So December. December. Even in the worst of his depression, he never took time off. He never his grades never dipped obviously. No, it didn't take time off. And like I said earlier, I guess I didn't finish that thought, but we did ask him if he wanted to come home. And, and besides saying no, that he didn't want to leave Ohio state. Um, he also said, it's also keeping my mind busy. And if I don't have this to keep me busy and I'm with my thoughts too much, it's going to be bad. I, I, I just need this to focus on. Uh, so, okay, that's fine. Does he still go to therapy or um he hasn't um recently he, he does check in uh with the athletic trainer uh and the um the new psychologist uh dr dr candace williams uh left and i think she uh went to a professional team actually um but he is in he's plugged in and it's there if and when um he needs it he knows it's available um so while he's not going regularly anymore, he does check in. Excellent. Is there anything that I have not asked you that you would like to talk about or bring up? Um, no, I just think um, we, we need to watch out for our kids. I mean, uh, people are quick to say kids these days uh and spout out, you know, when I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Things are different. When you were a kid, you you weren't in a, a global pandemic. You didn't have social media constantly wearing down your self-esteem. 
uh, you weren't getting death threats and hate messages from strangers uh, on your phone while you're sitting there trying to do your homework. Um, you weren't being pressured to be the perfect kid, to have straight A's, do community service, apply to all of these great schools, play five sports and be great at all of them, train uh, around round, year round. I mean, all these things that the kids are doing these days, it's, that's not what people did 10 years ago, 30 years, maybe 10 years ago, but not when right. we were kids. That, that was not what no. was happening. So you can't compare kids today to the kids of yesteryear. Even, you know, I hear broadcasters even say this one's that or no, you have no, you have no idea what these kids are going through. I mean, yeah, you played at a high level, but it was much different. Would you get a letter in the mail once every three months that's mm -hmm. from somebody who didn't like you? But, you know, right. It's much different, yeah. much different. Access is different. Um, so uh, be kind, be, be aware, um, have honest conversations with your kids. Um, if you, you know, have honest conversations with your kids, not only about their health, but recognize it in their friends and, and teaching them to go to a trusted adult, a parent, a teacher, a school resource officer, a counselor. Um, you know, there are many people, a coach, anybody who is in the position to help, but don't stay silent. I've had a parent reach out to me when their daughter said, my friend just told me her daughter had a friend who said, you know, they want to kill, commit suicide. And I said, okay, this is what you need to do. Um, so those, these conversations had to be, um, had with our kids for them and for Absolutely. their friends. Very well said, Christina Miller, truly an honor to visit with you today, um, for this episode of the just a mom podcast. I hope that you will give Harry my best and, Tell him how much I appreciate what he's doing and how brave that he's been and how glad I am he asked for help. Because I think the world's Thank a better you. place with Harry Miller in it. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> Me too. He's going to be president one day. I, I think he's got my vote. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you again, Christina Miller, for being on this episode of the Just a Mom podcast. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts or ideation, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988. Wanna see you smile again, take away that pain in them clouds that keep covering up the sun. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please share this with your friends and anyone you think may find these interviews helpful. Thanks again for listening to Just a Mom. <laughs>